Vampires of the Paper Flower Consortium, Episode 27 A New Hunter. by Loretta Fabrana Foy, former lady of the Kingdom of France, current historian and librarian of the Paper Flower Consortium. Good evening, beloved initiates and other listeners. I must tell you a terrible development. One of our visiting vampires, Liam Hemlock, reported to Charles and I about a dreadful accident We trust Liam's account because he was a wonderful guest at the end. The type of guest who every innkeeper dreams, polite, easygoing, and kindly to the staff. He did not leave messes in his room for housekeeping to take care of. Indeed, during his stay, he entered the dining room in the early evening to read a newspaper and have a glass of blood. He chatted with everyone. Now, dear Liam has a rather large family, and he was taking a long-needed solo vacation to attend one of our local literary festivals and tour our magnificent and uniquely architectured Central Library. He also wanted to go to a variety of bookshops. Most of his vacation, while enjoyable, is fairly unremarkable. The festival was an enjoyable event, and afterwards he had a lovely conversation at the front desk with Courtney, who is also a voracious reader. And they told Liam about some of their favorite independent bookstores in the city. And since Liam was going out in the city, Courtney also suggested Liam take a few dried blood capsules, just in case. And it was lucky that they did say that. The next morning, Liam took a bus first to Pioneer Square because he thought the bus would be a nice way to see some of the city. And more importantly, he didn't want the hassle of finding parking. Now, Liam was dressed quite appropriately for the sun and was careful to reapply his sunscreen often. Moreover, as the sun rises in the east, So in the morning, much of Seattle is in the shade of our steep hillsides. And of course, skyscrapers also cast a long shadow. Liam first visited an antiquarian bookstore and then moved up First Avenue to visit several others. He was overdressed, of course, because this is Seattle and it was a hot day, but Downtown, no one looked at him out of the ordinary, and the booksellers were all happy for his business. And so it was that Liam had been to five bookstores and was lugging a large tote of books on his shoulder when he took the bus to Capitol Hill. Near the light rail and transfer station, an impoverished woman holding a dirty blanket asked him if he might have 80 cents for the bus fare, as she had found she was short and had been sleeping in the rough. Now Liam is such a kind soul. 
he purchased her daily adult pass so she could get to wherever she was going within the system. Seeing her parched lips and hearing her stomach growl, Liam offered to purchase her a sandwich and a bottle of water at a nearby cafe. She dragged the foul-smelling blanket behind her as she followed him to the edge of the cafe, where he ordered her a sandwich, a cup of fruit, and a bottle of water. She had not asked for the fruit, but Liam has been around long enough to fear human diseases such as scurvy. Even so, he felt her eyes bore holes in his back until he brought the food right back out to her and her anger turned into light tears in her eyes. He hoped she had better days ahead, and then with a kindly bow, he walked to the next bookstore. And it was this compassionate action which caught the attention of a vampire hunter, that and his suits and hat in the casual hot days of a Seattle summer. A vampire hunter prays, on our weaknesses and fear, but Liam didn't even notice him at first. He was walking down Broadway and trying his best to remain out of the sun, because not only is it getting later in the day, but unlike the downtown core with its giant hills and skyscrapers, there are shorter buildings, two to three floors at most. And so there he was trying his best to remain out of the sun, and lugging his books, and looking at street signs, while ensuring he did not touch anyone on accident. Occasionally, he stopped and stepped aside for parents wrangling children, or people carrying groceries and the like. Though a few dogs did notice him, and stepped back or hid behind their owners, he never stopped long enough that anyone paid him any mind. And the vampire hunter caught up to him while he was waiting on a sidewalk. Because this is Seattle, and one of our little quirks is the lack of jaywalking. Still, there were too many people around Liam to do anything. And Liam himself still hadn't noticed him. Except in a very general way, of a man in a green shirt. Instead, he was reading the local theater events on a nearby electrical pole. And so it was that Liam walked to the next bookstore, and he went inside, and as requested, he left his heavy book bag at the counter. He had a short, friendly chat with a pleasantly-mannered girl of 17 or possibly even 18 who worked there, and who called his book bag, quote, a real book haul, and asked if he was a book TikToker or a booktuber. Now, Liam is not a booktuber, so he just told her that he enjoyed reading and asked where the local folklore section was kept, as this bookstore was known for a huge folklore section. She showed him and pointed out a few staff selections on the topic and then let him look around. And Liam was standing in front of this bookshelf studying covers and back cover copy and making a small stack for his chosen purchases, when the vampire hunter came beside him. Liam had a chill run down his back as the other men came closer, but as men who are used to trusting their bodies often do, he paid it 
bore the man no mind at first. He was reading the back of a book when the man grabbed his arm, and the book fell and made an echoing clatter on the hardwood floor. Who do you think you are? the hunter said. Excuse me, sir, I believe you are mistaking me for someone else, Liam said, and slipped out of his grasp. And they reached for the fallen book and set it back on his pile. The hunter opened his fanny pack and pulled out a mirror and a short blade. Now the mirror is an old trick vampire hunters used, and at this moment Liam realized the danger he was in and for the first time really looked at the hunter. And the first thing that Liam noticed was the man was color-coordinated. He had green eyes, and he wore a green t-shirt and green sneakers and a fanny pack, which were all the same shade of green, and denim shorts, which were light blue. He believes they may have been acid-washed. Excuse me. Liam reached for the book pile and stepped back. And he grabbed his books and walked to the front counter. And the hunter followed. Liam realized he must look quite upset because the pleasantly mannered girl at the counter frowned and asked, Is everything all right? He said nothing. He knew he was making a scene and losing his books, both that he had not purchased yet and those he had, but there was nothing else to do. He had to escape. The hunter was right there. So he set the books on the counter and then he dashed out the door. They both hit the busy street and Liam grew dizzy from the movement. The girl called out to him, but he couldn't really understand her because the hunter said, I chased you from the train station and I'll keep chasing you forever, vampire. The way he said vampire... Liam knew this was a vampire hater. Liam hurried off, and the hunter was behind him, and then somehow got in front of him. That green t-shirt and fanny pack seemed to be everywhere. Now, the good news for Liam was, the hunter knew he would be arrested if he attacked someone with a knife in broad daylight, with all these witnesses. But, of course, Liam did not want to attract the attention of the authorities who might throw him in jail just for causing trouble. So he raced down Pike as he approached the corner of Broadway. Unfortunately, the lights were against him and traffic was moving. He did not dare stop. He clenched his jaw and ran across the busy intersection. Car horns blared, but he refused to stop. He stumbled on the light rail track and then scrambled onto the curb. He had made it. Behind him, the hunter was weaving his way through the cars, and motorists were screaming words, the nicest of which were stupid. A police officer shouted, and at that moment, Liam's mouth was incredibly dry. He felt as if he were desiccating in real time. He raced down Broadway, heading north so the sun was on his back, and he crossed the college campus at the diagonal. He jumped off a high retaining wall and then down into an alley, and thinking he was safe, he paused. He leaned onto the cold stone retaining wall. 
Liam dry swallowed the dehydrated blood capsules. But his mouth was so dry his throat constricted and he gagged. Still, he managed to get some of the blood down. Suddenly, his lower back was on fire. And he feared he would urinate himself. The hunter's green eyes were flashing in triumph. Liam pushed the man down to the pavement and ran. Fighting the pain and with supernatural speed, bolstered by the recent blood, Liam raced down the alley and then down the side street and into a residential street. He darted further up the hill, past yards, past some teenage boys playing basketball. He passed some ladies walking their dog. He kept running and turning corners until he felt a break in the heat. The vampire hunter was nowhere in sight and Liam found himself in one of those older, house-proud neighborhoods where mature maple trees lined the street he was on. He walked to a small park and sat down, panting on a bench. He moved to pull his phone from his inner jacket pocket, and that's when he realized he neither had his phone or wallet. He tried to think about where he had been, but his mind was running too fast to process his former movements. Uh, bookstore, running, oh my god. Wait, I had them at the cafe when I bought that lady a sandwich. Did I, did I put them in my book bag? Oh, I pray I put them in my book bag. He said to himself. He knew he would have to retrace his steps to that bookstore but that would lead him right back to the place where he last saw the hunter. But also, as he is a visitor to Seattle, he did not quite know the way. And as locals know, everything is on a hill. Still, Liam turned around again, and he cautiously moved back to where he believed Capitol Hill was, careful not to seem out of place. Though, for some reason, people seemed aghast when they looked at him. Finally, he saw an ice cream truck and a woman in front of it buying an ice cream for her son. And he asked, might I trouble you for some directions? I'm looking for a bookstore on the corner of Broadway and Pike. And the lady's mouth opened wide and her eyes bulged and she said, oh, yes, uh, You're a little too far north. You need to go to the south. Three blocks south and you'll run into Pike Street. Just just follow it all the way down to Capitol Hill. Thank you, Liam said. Liam followed her finger, pointing the way. And following her direction, he made his way back to the bookstore. He knew he was in the right place when he saw the girl. Excuse me, miss. Did I leave... You sure did. And she grabbed his book tote and handed it to him. He checked the inside. There was his phone, and he dug further, and his wallet had worked its way to the very bottom. Since the girl studied him, he lied. I thought I'd left my wallet where I lunched, but it wasn't there. And suddenly I remembered it might be in the book bag. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I don't know what that guy said to you, but you could have just come back to the counter. 
Liam now looked at the girl. Though she implied she would have helped him and seemed sincere, she was also probably a hundred pounds soaking wet. Still, she was a clerk in a store in a major city. Even 17, she probably had seen some stuff. If he was going to attack me, I, I didn't want to be in the shop. And the girl just shrugged. Um, sir? Yes? You probably shouldn't run around with a knife in your back. And Liam looked, and there it was. And he took off his coat and put it on so the knife was at least on the inside. Liam asked sheepishly, Did you reshelve those books? Because I did want them. And the girl sold them to him. Too fearful to step into the street, he called for the hotel car service, which came to retrieve him and bring him back to the inn where the blade could be safely removed without spilling blood all over a local bookshop. So, my beloved initiate, be vigilant and on the lookout for a new vampire hunter on Capitol Hill. The hunter was white, or at least a light-skinned man of around 40. He wore glasses and had brown hair and a mustache. And as I said in the story, Liam did notice the hunter's color coordination and what we're just going to call the love of green. But now one more point. Liam had said that his eyes flashed. And when I questioned him on this, he said it seemed that the color deepened. But he did not know if he imagined it because he was afraid and it might have just been a trick of the light. But that means we also may have been dealing with another paranormal entity. So be vigilant. This warning is brought to you by Photos Evermore, a proud subdivision of the Paperflower Consortium. Are you an initiate? Concerned that a creature of darkness is unable to reflect the light and therefore unable to be caught on film and digital photography? Photos Evermore records your photograph for posterity, future documentation, and identification. We can even future-proof your social media with a hundred glamorous selfie-style photographs which we can Photoshop into your future vacation, dog park, or dining pics. Affordable packages based on your needs. Before you stop reflecting light forever, think photos evermore. Visit us on our website to schedule an appointment tonight. And now it's time for questions. Lady Loretta, how can you stop a vampire hunter if you're not a telepath? Dear Initiate, Unfortunately, that's the same question as how do I spot a human serial killer? You really cannot. In fact, so many people say other people who have murdered other people were such quiet, nice neighbors. All I can say is, when someone makes you uncomfortable or gets too close, listen to your gut. Don't be afraid to be rude, just run. Vampire hunters do often carry tools, so you also might want to look for large bags. But as Liam found out, this guy just had a fanny pack. Be vigilant, because not everyone likes vampires, and some people are looking to cause trouble. 
Fortunately for Liam, he ran into a vampire hunter who had not yet perfected his craft and who was timid about tacking in a public place. Now, to be clear, Liam has done nothing wrong at all. He drank donated blood from our own blood bank the entire time he has been in Seattle. One more thing. We discovered the bookstore clerk was from a witch family, which is why she was a lot less impressed by vampires or even that Liam was stabbed than a non-magical human might be. Still, Charles and I believe Liam was right not to involve the girl or any other humans. We do not doubt that she is a brave girl, but she might have been hurt, and she's not an adult yet. So that's all there is for tonight. Sleep well, my beloved initiates, and sleep the sleep of the dead. The Paperflower Consortium podcast was written and performed by Elizabeth Gazzetti. You can learn more about her books, including the books featuring vampires in the same universe, by going to www.elizabethgazzetti.com. Now, the vampire Liam Hemlock was named by Will, who also explained a little about Liam's backstory and hobbies to me. Will is a friend of the Paperflower Consortium who purchased the opportunity to name a vampire on the Honor and Chivalry Among Vampire Kickstarter earlier this year. If you love this podcast, like and share this episode, and please consider donating either one time or through the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash paperflowerconsortium. And if you have questions or comments for Lady Loretta, please contact her at info at paperflowerconsortium.com or through the Paperflower Consortium Patreon. And you can check out upcoming topics there or at the website. The amazing intro and outro music was written by Evan Witt, and you can learn more about his music at www.wittynotes.com. for listening.